Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Uncomfortable Is Okay podcast. I'm your host, Chris Desmond. Today's episode 44, and I am chatting with Jed Robinson. Uh, So this is the show where I get to chat with interesting people doing cool things. They inspire me and hopefully you to get out of our comfort zones through their actions and ideas. Uh, We also get to hear about some of the uncomfortable situations that they've been in. Now, Jed is, or Jed has been a professional rugby player for the past 10 or so years. He has played for the Wellington Hurricanes, the Melbourne Rebels, the Otago Highlanders, and the Canterbury Crusaders, uh, and played in over, well over 50, 50 matches. Now, he's just retired. Uh, and I think probably it's quite topical at this point in time with, with some of the stories out about uh, professional sports people uh, and kind of what, what effect finishing sport has for them, um, that we talked to Jed today about his transition. Um, we, we touch a little bit on his career and how that evolved, but also the challenges that he has faced from being a professional sports person to starting something new um, and really kind of changing a whole lot of stuff about his life and what he what he did. Um, I really want to thank Jed today uh, for for sharing his insights. It was it was a really cool chat, um, and also thank our mate Ben Kilkenny for for putting us in touch about about this chat. So as always, guys, if you like what you hear, make sure that you share it out with your mates. Uh, Hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app so that you get more of these conversations in your ears. Uh, But as always, thanks for getting uncomfortable with me and Jed today. G'day Jed, welcome to the Uncomfortable Is Okay podcast, thanks for uh, hanging out with me today. Thanks Devo, thanks, uh, thanks for having me along. Oh that's right, and should thank uh, Ben Kilkenny as well for uh, setting, setting this up for us. So Yeah we should plug him shouldn't we? <laughs> yeah we should, uh, we should especially because he's just about to become a dad himself. Yeah, yes, yeah, we can probably give him some advice along the way. <laughs> that might be happening actually as we're recording this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it could be. Um, yeah. So, Jed, for for those of uh, the listeners um, that don't know you, do you want to give us a little bit of a of background about yourself, kind of um, who you are and what you what you've been doing? Yeah, well, uh, so obviously, yeah, my name's Jed Robinson. So um, originally from Wellington, um, went to, to St. Pat's College, the mighty St. Pat's College um, town that is. And um, for the last 10 years, I have been playing rugby, professional rugby. So I'm a bit of a rugby nomad. So I started at the Wellington Lions, actually the Manitou Turbos first, and then to the Wellington Lions, 
Uh, ended up at the Hurricanes for a couple of years, then shot over to the Melbourne Rebels for three years, back back via the Highlanders and into the Crusaders for a couple of years, and have just recently retired. So I know that's a lot, but yeah, so I think it's about eight professional sides over the last 10 years. Yeah, and probably, uh, more yeah. importantly, a few games for uh, Maris St. Pat's as well. Yeah, yeah, I actually cracked the tongue for them too, I think, in 2010, so... Um, I was able to fit in a lot in my career, thankfully. Nice, nice. Um, so, lived as a as a professional rugby player for kind of uh, ten or twelve, ten or twelve years. Was that something that you'd kind of always wanted to do? Yeah, I mean, it's it's the typical um, kind of boyhood dream. Um, growing up, I mean, I was I was a lover of sport. I played a lot of rugby and cricket growing up, but I always felt that I had an inclination to be a professional sportsman in either rugby or cricket. Um, and as the path led to about 20 or 21, that kind of was becoming an option and I followed the rugby path and luckily um, became a professional rugby player for the 10 years. Fantastic. Um, and Jed, when did you kind of realise that, hey, actually professional rugby is going to be something that... I'm going to be able to do because obviously there's a lot of kids in New Zealand that have that dream that, hey, I want to go play professional Mm. rugby. I want to be an all black. How young did you know? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, I don't think I ever really knew until I signed my first contract. So that that was actually at at 23, I think. Um, So obviously I'd, I'd followed the systems. I'd gone through all the rep stuff. I was part of the Wellington Academy. I kind of nudged away there for three years. Probably the year before I was tempted to give it away, I, I wasn't sure if I was going to make it. I had a couple of conversations with my mum and sister and auntie and was wondering if, if it was time to give it up. Um, and then we decided to give it one more year and I actually had a really good year and signed my first contract with Wellington at the end of that. So yeah, at, at 23. So I'd been nudging away for a while before I, um, I was actually getting paid to do it. Awesome. So obviously, it sounds like it was a bit of a challenge to uh, to kind of go through that go through that process. How did you feel mm. when you got that contract? Oh, I still remember. I was walking down Adelaide Road in Newtown uh, by the Basin Reserve, and I they said, "Look, Jed, come on in. We um, want to have a chat. You've had a good season." And I was like, had an inclination, hoping that they might sign me on a contract, and they um, came in and gave me a whopping twenty five thousand dollars, and I remember signing the dotted line after talking to my manager, walking down the road, like skipping down the road, fist pumping. Um, (laughs) And I was very, very excited. Um, Yeah. And, and like anything, it was, it was, um, I was signing something showing that the hard work that I'd done and all the perseverance and from the ups and downs that, um, that it was showing that it was worth it uh, for me. And it was a chance to train more and become better which was a lot of excitement to me at that stage. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very yeah. good. Um, one yeah. thing I kind of want to touch on around that as well is that yeah. once you realise, hey, I'm I'm going for this professional rugby pathway, yeah. was there a lot of stuff that you needed to give up to achieve that? Mm, yeah, yes and no. Probably... Um, Probably the big thing for me is, as we all know, as, as a young young male living with your mates that are at uni, um, you know, like alcohol and, and going out is, is a huge part of, you know, enjoying, enjoying yourself. 
Um, not saying I didn't do that, which I definitely did, but um, there was definitely times because I was training every morning. One of our flats had a little outhouse, so I, I used to sleep in the outhouse so they could party it inside and they wouldn't wake me up. Um, so there was definitely um, sacrifices for early mornings and, and not going out with the mates sometimes and um, watching what I was eating um, a lot more. So I was spending more money as a student trying to... Um, because obviously what I was eating was fueling how I was training, so I was spending a lot more money than the other boys on food. Um, and then eventually I moved home and just worked a little bit so I could go, so I could train more and, and not work so much. Um, so there was definitely a, a patch there for three or four years that it was um, probably a lot of sacrifice um, to eventually sign that contract after three or four years. Yeah. So I think that's partly why I was so happy that it... Um, like I was saying, like all that hard work and, and perseverance when it was the tough times, it was starting to pay off. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Do you have to kind of shelve other hobbies as well? Yeah, um, cricket was my, my big thing. Um, I was probably, um, it was a real toss-up for me which sport I was going to follow. Um, so I would played rep cricket up to uh, under nineteen. And, and rep rugby and I was probably equal at both um, so I was getting told in one that I needed in cricket that I needed to get smaller and rugby I needed to get bigger <laughs> so I was living in this kind of middle middle life um, so up to about 20 I hadn't decided I actually turned down my first rugby academy contract um, to to not cho- choose basically so I said look I need another year or so to make a decision on what I want to follow um, I didn't want to just choose rugby because they were giving me something I felt that that was um, external motivation where I really wanted to be kind of intrinsic um, and then decided after another year that, that rugby was probably the better way for me to go. So um, that was kind of the decision to, to cut cricket at early 20s and, and focus on rugby. Yeah, awesome. And Jed, yeah. I mean, we could we could talk for ages about your uh, professional rugby career, and um, yeah, yeah. But that's kind of not what this what this conversation's about. We, I want to have a bit of a no. chat about the transition from that professional career. But one thing uh, sure. you mentioned before we were um, before we started recording is the how you're really into kind of the fixed mindset versus the growth mindset, um, and mm. kind of and, and building on growing yourself. When did that come about for you? Is that something that you've always had? Yeah, I think um, obviously early on I didn't actually know what the difference was between growth mindset and fixed mindset. And when I was about 23, I was actually at the airport. We were going to a game and I saw a book in the um, in Whitcalls, I think, and it was called Bounce. And it was um, basically on growth mindset and fixed mindset. I read the back for, oh, this looks like a good read. Um, and it was on a English. Um, the author is an English table tennis champion who uses a lot of stuff he's done and um, a lot of stuff other people have done. And he talks a lot about growth mindset and fixed mindset and pur- purposeful training and stuff. And it just kind of clicked for me, like it unlocked a whole new world um, on on basically what you want to be in life, not just sport. Um, so that kind of yeah really fired fired me up, and my training definitely increased after reading that book. Um, and just trying to grow myself in terms of never seeing a fa- never seeing yourself failing. There's never failures; it's just learnings. So instead of me um, worrying so much about if I drop the ball or I missed a line out, it was like, right, what do I need to work on to become better because of that? 
So um, a real growth mindset of trying to push myself and, and my comfort zone to become better um, and, and stop dropping myself and worrying about so much about the negativity about it. Um, yeah, that, that was kind of the outline of how it started and, and it's grown from there really. Wicked. And for those people that aren't aware, can you kind of give us a bit of an outline about a, what, what a growth mindset is? Yeah, so um, there's two types of, they believe, um, this is Carol Dweck, a psychologist from America, I think she, she coined it. So basically there's two types of people, there's a, a type of person that's growth mindset, so they believe um, that they can basically do anything if they want to put hard work, perseverance, um, grit, um, they don't see any boundaries to getting better. Um, a fixed mindset person believes they were born with a gift, um, so that the kind of they believe they were talented at it or not, um, and then won't pursue things outside what they believe they're talented in. Awesome. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think I've, I've definitely read a little bit of her stuff as well, and would encourage people to go out and, and have a read. It's, yeah, it's a really interesting concept. Um, if you haven't. So, Jed, kind of moving moving through your career, I'm assuming kind of the start of it was was all pretty exciting and new and, mm. and lots of things, uh, lots of new experiences and new things happening. Mm. Kind of as, you, as you progress through it, though, um, obviously you get to kind of where retirement starts, retirement starts looming and, and kind of that you're mm. starting to think about finishing. When did when did kind of those thoughts occur for you? Did you did you kind of realise before you started your professional career that hey this was something that was finite, or was that kind of something that was evolving over over a period of time? Yeah, definitely not at the start. I think you're young and you're naive. Um, so um, the life cycle of of any guy generally with this kind of thinking about stuff outside of rugby. Early on in your career, you do a, you do a lot to try and get ready for after rugby because you realise um, it might not last for more than a year or two. So guys are going to uni, they're working really hard on, on building relationships with people outside of the game. Um, some of them will probably be already working part-time, continually working part-time just in case, um, which what I did early on until probably 25. Um, so after my first couple of years, and then you get in this middle patch of your career where you um, you relax about um, rugby outside of, well, what you're going to do outside of the game. You settle in thinking, all right, I'm going to have a bit of a career here. I'm going pretty well. And then probably for the next five years, I did not a lot outside of um, of rugby. And looking back on it, that was probably a, a detrimental way of thinking. And I know a lot of the other boys think about, think like that as well. Um, then I got to the end of my career in the last couple of years and realised um, it was probably going to finish after the, my last two-year deal. So in the last two years, then I started really trying to pursue things to be ready for after rugby. Um, and then looking back on it, I wish I'd used those other five years as well to help ready for, for this. Um, and people probably looking at me would say um, generally that, oh, Jeb will be okay. He's got a lot of... Um, lot of things in the go and he's trying to work himself out for after rugby um but i still feel like i, I wasn't ready enough for the transition yeah was it talked about yeah. much that transition when you were kind of going going through your career yeah there's no question it is we have four hours a week which is assigned for professional development outside of rugby 
And as players, we pay for someone at each franchise to be there to kind of look after us for that. Um, so there is no question that it's talked about. It's probably more as it listened to. Um, and what you do find is, like I said, is when we're young, it's listened to. When we first get our contracts and when we're towards the end, we listen. But in that big middle patch, there's not a lot of the boys that are really, really listening, apart from the odd, the odd exception, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So you kind of personally started uh, putting things together sort of a couple of years before the end of your career? Yep, yep. So when I got to the Crusaders, I I knew that was probably my last contract. So Mark Ramby was our professional development officer. So I um, started doing some promos, promotions, which we generally do part of our jobs. Uh, One was at Jenny and Holmes. So I um, went and spoke to Jenny and Holmes and said... um, I'm interested in sales. I think I could probably sell it. Is there any way that I could spend four hours a week here and learn the role and see if that's something I'm interested in? So that was the kind of the first thing I did. Um, I never had I'd never had any issues with um, kind of talking to people. I'm a bit of an extrovert and find that quite easy. So in terms of me going to do that, that was quite easy. A lot of the other boys that, that are introverts, they'll, they'll struggle to do that. Um, so I rang them up on my own bed and, and spoke to them. They said, yeah, come on and do a few hours. Um, Probably didn't realise that um, in Christchurch at the time, a lot of the houses had been finished, so that, that market's actually declining a lot. So it probably wasn't the best um, market to get into, but it was good for me to just be involved and see what else was out there. Um, and then I've always had a bit of an entrepreneurial um, kick in my brain or uh, idea that that's something that I might want to do. So I started looking at different things that I could potentially do in Christchurch. Um, so I was looking at the F45 um, Jim was looking at wondering if there was a good idea to start a trampoline warehouse here and um, the food truck idea was in my head as well. So I started floating around those ideas and got Mark Ramby to get me involved with a couple of people and just discuss some businessmen and discuss the ideas and see what they thought. Um, and that's basically what I did for over the next probably 18 months before I retired. Yeah. <clears throat> and... <sighs> Kind of how hard is it to go from being a you, you've been a professional rugby player for that kind of ten year period? Um, mm. You know everything. Well, you know a whole heap of stuff. You're kind of one of the guys that, that all the young guys probably come to for advice and mm-hmm. uh, and technical stuff. To go from that to mm. starting out and something something new and something fresh. Mm. How did you mm. how did you feel with that, and how did you cope with that? Yeah, um, it was it was really hard. It was I always knew it was coming, and I knew that I would struggle. Um, I, I don't think I ever. Um, I knew that I probably was never going to go into depression, but I knew that I would. Um, when that day came, that it was going to be hard. I'd lived um, being a professional sports or anything that you're dedicated to it's it's quite a selfish life so I'd really put a lot of focus and um just my path to trying to be the to be an all black had been for so long and then to wake up one day and go all right that's over um what am I going to do next um because for me I was living my dream it was my calling in life and and I was yeah I I bled everything to 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 try and be an all black and even though I wasn't an all black I loved every minute of it so to wake up and to go okay how am I going to create that same environment again is, is actually really difficult um, 
So it definitely took me a, a, a couple of months to kind of get my head around what was next and what I was going to focus on. And then um, trying to find jobs that are going to create that is very difficult. And you've got to start earning money as well. I've got a young family, so I've got to try and put you know food on the table as well. So um, with all those external pressures, it was it was really tough, um, and it still is. And I'm six months out of the game, so um, yeah, still still trying to find my feet. And I suppose with me, um, I decided that to take the destiny in my own hands and and to start a business with um, with the food truck to try and. Um, create that feeling again, really, or or something that I could really kind of get into and and persevere in and and try and be the best I can at something else. Awesome, and obviously um, the the food truck side of thing, you're you're very passionate about, and that kind of probably um, helps with that transition as well. But is there yeah. are there any kind of daily or kind of regular stuff that you do outside of that to, to help with that transitioning, to kind of help with your your mindset and kind of keeping your, keeping on track with that? Yeah, for me is, um, and I knew this and my wife always tells me too, when, once I stop exercising, so if I go two or three days without exercising, I've become a different person. Um, I've obviously lived, was lucky to live in the thing where I was exercising every day. So then when that stopped and I stopped exercising so much, um, I, w- I was a grumpier person. I am a grumpier person. Um, so for me, regular exercise and actually watching what I'm eating um, is actually really crucial to me just being, Jed, that's the normal Jed. <laughs> um, so um, even though I'm in a bit of a busy lifestyle, I have to really make concessions to do that. Um, that's kind of another term of my meditation or my way of kind of just zoning out for a bit and, and being feeling better about myself. I get in a real endorphin kick out of, of exercise. So I always come home happier and bouncing around. Um, I used to be a bit of a personal trainer, so I've continued that as well. Just really small part-time three or four hours a week, but I find um, helping people and exercising with them is another way that kind of keeps me, keeps me sane and happy. So I've tried to um, add that into my routine as well. Um, yeah, that, those are probably the two things that I've really noticed. Yeah, awesome. Mm-hmm. And Jed, um, do you want to kind of tell us a little bit more about what you're doing at the moment with the food truck? Yeah, yeah. So um, as we discussed, so yeah, I got to a stage where I'm, I was a front rower. I, I loved food. Um, I was quite passionate about flavours and eating. Um, and through a couple of chances, had a friend who was looking for some pizzas to be made in his cafe, and I said... I'll, I'll give it a crack. Um, so over three or four months, I made some pieces for a cafe that seemed to go pretty well and decided from there, um, let's branch out and, and buy a, a wood fire pizza oven and start a little pizza pizza truck, which is called Fed by Jed. Um, so I started that six weeks ago in, in Christchurch uh, for catering and, and just doing some lunchtime routines around Christchurch. And um, even though it's not making a lot of money, it, it's, it started off really well. Cool. Keeping you excited as well? Yeah, and I think that's a big thing like we talked about is um, I love seeing people eat my food and, and enjoy it. Um, I'm quite passionate about that, that, that um, I get a buzz out of that. So um, being able to do that every day and to create flavours that people enjoy in an atmosphere that they, they like being at is, um, has, has felt really good for me. So even though it's probably a lot different than rugby, it's 
Um, and I wouldn't, I don't know if it's a calling yet, but it's definitely um, something that I'm enjoying and happy to get out of bed and drive to do and and to to work at. So it's a good start, and I'm I'm happy that I, uh, like we talked about, push my comfort zone to kind of put myself out there and and give it a go and and see if it will work. Awesome. And can you see that kind of building into a calling for you? Yeah, I think so. I think um, I don't think. And and after reading a lot more, I. I I felt like I was looking for a quick fix and I don't think anything you do is just an immediate calling. I think we do it for enjoyment. So for instance, I played rugby and cricket because I enjoyed it and then as time passed, I trained a little bit more and then I kind of moved into something that I thought, oh, this could be a career and then a dream really. And I think um, that's how anything starts and I'm hoping um, that, that that's what will continue with the pizza truck and it might it might not actually end up just in wood fire pizzas, but in that food industry or something like that. Yeah, definitely. I hope it can can continue into a calling. Wicked, um, Jed. I'm just mm. kind of mindful of the time, mate. I've just got a couple mm. of questions that I ask everyone towards the end of the uh, the chat. Um, the first one is, what was the last uncomfortable thing that you did, and how did you get through it? Um, well, I suppose the last uncomfortable thing I did was starting a pizza truck, um, and um, how did I get through it? So, um, put in a lot of analysis into um, before I started. So, put a lot of time into working out um, what flavors people like. Put a lot of due diligence into the costings, and and spent a lot of time trying to work work out if it was going to be something that was going to earn money and be enjoyable. So I suppose I, I put a lot of background work in to find out if that was going to work for me. And then, um, yeah, um, got put a couple of key people around me that I could use for advice um, to kind of bounce ideas off and that had probably mentors that could help me through it and then decided to do it. Sweet. And Jen, mm. what's the next uncomfortable thing that you're going to do and why is that uncomfortable for you? Uh, the next uncomfortable thing I'm going to do is I'm um, at the moment writing a presentation on growth mindset and um, process focused. Um, so I it will be uncomfortable because I'm hopefully going to be talking in front of a lot of people um, about things I learned from the game and things I've read about and um, using it to try and help people that what things that I've gone through and help them into their next step of whatever they're doing and um, majorly focused on rugby players, but um, in any environment. So um, yeah, that's probably the next uncomfortable thing I'm planning to do at the moment. Sweet, mate. And mm. if people want to support you and kind of uh, follow along with Fed by Jed, where do they go? Mm. Yeah, so just go to Facebook. It's Fed by Jed, but it's Jed with a G. It's probably the big thing that people uh, change. So I'm Jared. So it's Fed by Jed with a G. So just go to Facebook and go online there, and you can see see some of the stuff I've been doing. Um, and if you're ever in Christchurch, look me up and come get a feed. I'll, I'll definitely come along next time I'm down, mate. Um, I've got one yeah, more nice. question for you, but uh, before yeah, I cool. do that, I just want to say thanks for your time today, and uh, thanks for kind of being really open about an area that probably the majority of the population don't understand that well. I mean, we see kind of professional sports people all all up there in lights and uh, think, oh, they've mm. they've top been top of their game so long, we're, they've got it easy, but. I mean, mm. you guys uh, s- struggle with your with your own challenges as well with it, and, uh, and 
the the difficulty of kind of going from being top of the game to to starting something new is is a big challenge. Mm. So thanks for talking with us about that today. Yeah, no dramas. Now, mate, um, before you head off, do you have any uh, life lessons or interesting facts or advice to leave me and the listeners with? Um, just, I think the big thing is, I honestly believe that if you want to, if you want to be good at something, you can be if you want to put the time in. That's anything in life. So, if you really want to be good at good at something, go for it. Put the time in, put the work in and go for it because you can do it. Cheers, mate. Thank you for getting yeah. uncomfortable with me today. No, awesome. Thanks, Devo. Appreciate that.